Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning that brings change, it brings transformation into our worlds. We thank you that uh, your spirit empower me as I speak, that uh, as I speak, that people hear what you're saying to them. Father, I ask you that this helps people in a profound way to move in, in ways that they never thought that they could. I pray that doors open. I pray for breakthrough as I speak. Lord, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit overflows uh, all of your people this morning in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. There is some sermon notes that go with this morning's message. If you didn't get any of the sermon notes, if you could put your hand up. Uh, hopefully our hosts are around about and they will be able to get some in your hands. Um, that would be great. Thank you. Just put your hand up nice and tall and our phenomenally great and anointed hosts will get those into your hands. Now, just as a, a quick heads up, these sermon notes, uh, there's no blank bits that you need to fill in from the message. The blank bits are your homework. They are for you to have a look at the question and drill down on why you believe what you believe. I think it's important that we understand why we believe what we believe. And those uh, sermon notes I put together are around the message, but not specifically as a result of it. So have a th- think about that. That'd be really beneficial to you this morning. How great has this morning been so far with the baptisms? Hasn't it been great to see the kids going through the waters of baptism? It's been fantastic. Well, this being a baptism service, you had to know that this was going to be about water, didn't you, really? (laughs) This message is all about water, so uh, we'll see where we go from it. I'm going to read from the Bible this morning, say praise God, he's reading from something. It'd be great. Matthew chapter 14 and verses 22 to 33 out of the New Living Translation says this. So Peter has just, um, Jesus just fed the 5,000 and they're now coming to uh, this other area uh, in, the, in the, the Gospel of Matthew. So it says, immediately after this, immediately after feeding the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray and night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were trouble, in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had arisen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. And then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come. He said, so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. This is such a powerful piece of Scripture. It's such a a powerful story about 
Jesus and his divinity, but also his humanity. It's about, you know, like uh, the people who are in trouble and then uh, finding that the only answer to their problem is Jesus and just uh, an amazing story of so, such a, 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 like an amazing thing that happened uh, when Jesus was around. And there's so many things that we could pull out of this passage and even apply to our lives this morning, such as like we may be in a storm, but do we see Jesus in the storm? Or we might be in a storm, but do we hear Jesus in a storm? Or even like we know we might be in a storm, but do we have the faith to go to Jesus in a storm? You, you might even think about it in terms like this. It doesn't matter where we are in a storm. Jesus always knows where we are. It doesn't matter where we are in a storm because Jesus will always find us in that storm. It doesn't matter where we are in a storm because Jesus will always encourage us in that storm. And it doesn't matter where we are in a storm because Jesus will always either quieten the storm around us or quieten the storm inside of us. And I think that's the beauty of the Word of God, that we can take it and, and apply it to so many different areas of our lives. But in this passage here this morning, when Jesus is walking on the water towards the disciples, it says here in verse 26 that when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, they were terrified and in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. And the thing I've got to ask myself is, why did Jesus look like a ghost? Why was it that they thought that he was a ghost? The Greek word for that is actually where we get the, the word phantom from. It's a specter. So it, Jesus is looking like a ghost. And maybe this is so, so far removed from anything that they'd ever experienced ever before that the only context that they had for it was to see Jesus on the water was that he was a ghost. No one can float like that. So he can't be real. He can't be, have a physical presence there. It's just got to be an image or a, or a, a, a ghost, a, a phantom, like a specter that, uh, that they've seen there. Perhaps, you know, just so far beyond anything that they could have ever explained. And I have to wonder at times... If I've missed Jesus coming to help me in a storm because he came in a way that I never believed possible. Maybe sometimes in the things that we're going through in our lives, Jesus shows up in a way and a form that is so outside of our comprehension that we miss the moment. And my encouragement to us is, let's just be in the moment. Let's just be in the moment for what Jesus is doing. But I love Jesus' response when they've yelled out, it's a ghost. In verse 27, Jesus spoke to the disciples at once. At once, Jesus has spoken to them. He says, don't be afraid, take courage, I'm here. Jesus didn't wait for the terror and the fear to create a stronghold within them. Jesus didn't wait for the terror and the fear to become crippling to the disciples. Jesus didn't make them suffer in their terror and their fear. It says that he spoke to them at once, immediately, straight away. I love that about Jesus. He says, don't be afraid, I'm here. Take courage. I'm going to give you some courage. Just This is me. I'm in this with you. And many of us have experienced storms in life. Many of us. I, I think that there wouldn't be a person here that hasn't experienced some sort of a storm in your life. Storms that have created fear within us or doubt within us. The loss of a job. A relationship breakdown. A health challenge where we've got a bad report from the doctor that we weren't expecting. 
Maybe there's a son or a daughter that's off the rails and we, it's just created a storm. We're so concerned about our, our, our children, our kids that are off the rails. Maybe, maybe you've got a spouse that's off the rails, just, just doing their own thing, not engaged in the relationship, not engaged in the marriage, just doing whatever that they want to do. And it creates a storm within us. Maybe you've got a spouse that's in a dangerous occupation. I know that that was the case for Jane many times. I'm an ex-police officer here from South Australia. There were many times I, uh, that Jane was concerned about me as I went to work. I remember one instance where uh, I was on night shift and during the course of the night, uh, two police officers were killed in a car accident and I was late home. It was my job that morning to admit the police officers to the mortuary. But I came home late. And like every good husband, completely forgot about the situation with my wife, didn't phone her to say I was going to be late. So she hears the, the news report on the radio, wakes up, thinking that there's two police officers that have been killed, and I'm late. I get to the door, and I'll never forget it. She's just standing there in tears, just thinking it was me. See, sometimes a storm can be that you've got a partner who's in a really dangerous place, and they... they need our prayers. They need our, our, our help. And they need some sort of help within the moment of that storm. Sometimes the storms in our lives are, uh, are there about the future. What does the future hold for us? How are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to get the next meal on the table? For Peter and the disciples, it was Jesus that told them to get into the boat and head across the other side. Sometimes fear can be inside of us because God's asked us to do something. Sometimes he says to us, just walk across the room and talk to that person about me. How about you just take your, your, your colleague, your work colleague out for a cup of coffee because they're struggling and they just need someone to sit down with them and talk with them. And sometimes that can create fear within us because we know Jesus is asking us to do something and we're not really sure that we can do it. You know what? It's really easy to have a cup of coffee with someone and see how they're doing. You don't have to bring any spiritual component into that. Just be a friend. But we, we make it something so, so large and so big in our world that it creates a fear within us and it cripples us from being able to do that. Maybe it's, it's something like, you know, you just need to pray for someone that, that needs healing in their life. Maybe it's, 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 you know, just being involved in serving in some capacity at your church. Maybe it's telling your work colleague that you actually went to church on a Sunday. Sometimes those things can create a fear within us. And you know what? That's not what God's about. God's not about creating fear inside of our lives. And I love Peter and the example that Peter sets for us, that in the middle of this storm, when Jesus walks towards him and he says, don't worry, don't fear, don't, don't, don't be afraid. I'm here, have courage. I'm going to give you courage. In the middle of that storm, in the face of something that he believed to be a ghost, a phantom, Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Peter's saying to, to Jesus, if it's really you, prove it. <clears throat> if it's really you, prove it. If, if, if this is you, then I want you to call me out to come to you walking on the water. I want you to talk to me. I want you to speak a word into my world that enables me to get out of this boat, step onto the water and to start walking towards you. And Peter was overcoming his fear by empowering his faith. If we're wanting to overcome our fear that we have in our lives, then we need a word from God. What word do you need this morning to overcome fear in your world? 
What, what word do you need to hear from God to overcome the doubt in your workplace? Overcome the doubt maybe about who God is and what he can and can't do. Maybe you need a word from, from God this morning. No matter what we're facing and, and who said what to us, the way of overcoming our fear is to empower our faith, to grow our faith, to increase our faith and to hear what God says to us. It says in Romans 10, 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing the, the word of God. Faith is created by hearing a word from God. So when Jesus says to, to Peter, yes, come, Peter just steps over the side of the boat, starts to walk on the water towards Jesus. See, one word from Jesus is all that Peter needed to be able to step out onto the very source of his fear. See, the waves were trying to sink him, to drown him, but Peter overcame those waves with one word from God. And this is the thing. Sometimes the very thing that's holding you captive, the fear or the doubt that's holding you captive, is the very thing that God is going to use to bring your breakthrough. It's the very thing. Peter, the very thing that's held him captive, held him in, in, in bondage almost, is this fear of this storm and what it's going to do to him. But that's the very thing that Jesus had him walk on top of. See, my Bible tells me that we're the head and not the tail. My Bible tells me we're above and not beneath. It says that in Deuteronomy 28 verse 13, if you listen to these commands, in other words, the word of the Lord, your God, that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you'll always be on the top and never at the bottom. Who's ever played stacks on? Like, you know, you know it's, it's pile on. Just it, so, Someone falls over and then you just pile on, you know? It's, it's pretty bad when you're the bottom person. It's great when you're on top. Peter walked on the source of his fear and his doubt. But how many of us know it's not how we start that matters, it's how we finish. It's how we finish. See, as Peter walks towards Jesus, he sees the waves and he starts to sink. Now, we're not really told whether Jesus, sorry, Peter looked away from Jesus And he saw the waves, or that the waves were so big that when they rolled past him, those waves obscured their view of Jesus. We're not really told that. All we know is that Peter saw the waves and that he began to sink. And this highlights the need for us to be vigilant even in the middle of a battle. That there's still a fight to overcome our fear and our doubt to step out in faith. Yet even in that moment when Peter's he's fearing for his life, he calls out to Jesus yet again. And Jesus, it says in verse 30, you know, it says he, he reached out immediately. Peter's yelled out, save me, Lord. And Jesus has reached out immediately. And, and he said, what little faith you have, why did you let doubt win? Have you ever thought about this? Jesus, like Peter, has walked on water. And let's just say that, that Andy here is Jesus and I'm Peter. Okay, stand up please, Andy. If you could just, for special effects sake, stand on the top shelf, just, that'd be great. Okay, 
I'm Peter, and I've seen the waves, and I'm sinking. Okay? And I'll say, Jesus, help me. And Andy's there. Like, he's just reached out his hand. Do you notice something that... So Jesus is there. Sorry, that's Jesus. Okay, thanks, Andy. But you, but you notice Jesus didn't have to run 20 meters to get to Peter. He just had to reach out his hand. And how often are we so close to the taking a hold of that for which we're believing for and we stop short just at that moment? How, how often do we do that? We, we, we're at the, the very moment of taking a hold of the promise. We, we're within arm's reach of Jesus himself. Jesus says to him, oh, you of little faith. Peter's walked on water. How much faith do you need to do? For me, I've not yet done it. Why do you think the other guys were in the water? I wanted to show how much faith they didn't have, see? In the baptisms. But how many of us stop to think and say, you know what? Peter walked on water. And then when he sunk, we think, oh, uh, he didn't have enough faith. And I love the, 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 the phraseology that the, 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 living, oh, it's not the, the passion translation has. It says, what little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? Why would you let doubt win? You see, in the same way that Jesus reached out to Peter is the same way that Jesus reached out to mankind with his hands as well. Jesus is all about reaching out to people. He's already, he, he, he wants to help people, wants to save people. But why would you let doubt win? Why would you let doubt win? What little faith you have, Peter. When Jesus called out to Peter, and called him out of the boat. There was power in that word. Not just to get out of the boat and walk on the water. But to be sustained and upheld by that word. It says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Jesus being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. In other words, when God gives us a word, we can stand upon the word and it's going to hold us up. It's going to sustain us. It's going to carry us through to whatever it is that we need to take a hold of. Peter needed to take a hold of Jesus in that moment. There was power in the word that Jesus had given to Peter to sustain him the complete length of that journey. In that storm, Jesus needed to be up, sorry, Peter needed to be upheld by that word that Jesus had spoken. There was power in that word. If Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power, then he can sustain Peter on the water and he can sustain us in our storm and in our time of need. Dare we believe that Jesus wanted to Peter to speak to the storm himself? Could we ever stretch our imagination and our faith enough 
to believe that Jesus was wanting Peter to do that. Because there's times where when the feeding of the 5,000 was about, just happened a moment before, where Jesus has said to the disciples, after they've realized that there's so many people there that they need to be fed, Jesus has said to the disciples, you feed them. And challenge their faith. Could it be that Jesus is saying to Peter, there's power in my word. When I tell you to come, you can actually speak to the storm. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there to start some grey matter happening. Get some thinking going. Jesus says to Peter, why would you let doubt win? And ever since the Garden of Eden, there's been a battle for the affections and the focus of mankind. There's a battle of evil with good, of darkness with light, of fear and doubt with faith. See, this is what I've I've learned and discovered. Fear cries out the problem, but faith declares the answer. See, this is what I've discovered, that fear shrinks back, but faith steps out. See, this is what I've discovered, that fear steals from us, but faith gives. How many of us have been stopped in our tracks from appropriating and taking a hold of all that God's got for us because fear caused us to step back? It steals from us. See, fear makes excuses, but faith looks for reasons. I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm not going to do that. I see the reason that I need to reach my community. I see the reason I need to to be generous in who I am and what I've got. I I see the need and the reason that that I I can serve in in the house of God, that I can serve my my boss, my employer. I, I see the reason that I need to do that, and I'm not going to shrink back anymore. I'm not going to make excuses for why I can't do something. I'm going to agree with what God says in his word, and I'm going to step out on that word and do what he calls me to do. Fear sees the circumstances, but faith walks in the breakthrough. Even if it hasn't happened yet, you're going to walk as though it has. You want to hear a powerful testimony? Listen to Chris and Elle, what they're walking through right now. They're walking in the breakthrough, though they haven't seen it physically come through yet. See, fear creates doubt, but faith releases courage. You want to get passionate about something? Then get a word from God. That word will sustain you. That word will carry you through whatever it is that you're going through. That's why I say to people, when there's a major change happening in your world, get a word from God. Get a word from God. Because when the struggle gets too big, too hairy, too scary then it's too easy to give up if we haven't got a word. But that word angers us to that point and says, look what, unless God comes through right here, I'm not moving from this place. This is what God has said. I'm hanging on to that word and come whatever comes, I'm going to see this word through because this word can sustain me. See, fear and doubt are a response to circumstances and the enemy of our lives. Let me say that again. Fear... And doubt are a response to our circumstances and to the enemy of our lives. But faith is a response to the Savior and the Redeemer of our lives. It's what he says that matters, and that's the word that I'm going to step out of the boat on. What's God asking you to step out of and into? What's God asking you to lay down and to pick up? What's God asking you to sow in faith, believing that you're going to see that that harvest come back into your world? What is God asking you to step out of and into? Because if we we step back from it, we make excuses, we we shrink back from everything else there, we we cry out, oh, it's too big, it's too big, I can't do this. Well, how big is your God? Is your problem bigger than your God? 
Responding in either fear or faith is our choice. What it comes down to is simply this. Who fills our vision more? Whose voice do we listen to more? Hearing his voice, seeing him at work in us, reveals Jesus to those around us. It all begins and ends in our minds. What we give power to has power over us if we allow it. See, it doesn't matter where we are in the storm. Jesus always knows where we are. It doesn't matter how big or dark or deep our storm is. Jesus will always find us. It says in Psalm 139, where can I go and hide from your spirit, it says. If I go to the deepest, darkest places, there your spirit will always find me. We can't hide from God. You can't hide from God. I thought that was good news. It doesn't matter how crippling the fear is. Jesus will always overcome our storm. It doesn't matter how loudly our storm rages around about us or in us. Jesus will either quieten the storm around us or he will quieten the storm within us. What is God calling you to step out of or to say or to do this morning? See, I believe the very thing that's held you in fear and doubt will be the very thing that God will cause you to step out on in victory. This morning, I just felt like I needed to pray for some people. So can we stand? I just feel like I needed to pray for some people this morning. God laid this stuff on my heart um, throughout this week and just want to give an opportunity to to receive some prayer if you want. I, I, I think that I'd like to pray for people for the courage to declare God's word instead of the problem. Sometimes it's too easy to agree with the problem. Sometimes it's too easy to magnify the size of the problem. And it's sometimes really hard in the face of everything that you're going through to say, God, this is what you've said and I agree with what your word word says. And you need courage sometimes to say that. Maybe you need courage to step out. God's spoken to you. You believe it's a word from God, but you just need that next step. You need to to take that step. And I, I, I pray for courage to step out. I want to pray for people to replace what fear has stolen. To replace what fear has stolen. You know that there are things that should be in your world and in your family and in your workplace and in your lives today, but because there was this fear at that time when it came time to take a hold of it, you stepped back, you shrank back, and therefore the enemy has robbed you of that. I want to pray that God would replace it. It says it in... in um, the Old Testament, somewhere between Genesis and Malachi, that he will restore to you what the locust has stolen. I think it's Joel. I'm not sure. I think it's Joel. If it's not, let's make it Joel. He was a good guy. But I believe that God wants to replace what the locust has stolen. 
You know about locusts, they come in, they strip a field bare in hours. Robbing the farmer of everything that he'd sown. That's what it's talking about. I want to pray for people to see faith, to see the reasons, to open your spiritual eyes and to be aware of what God wants to do. Courage to walk in the breakthrough, for fear to go and faith to come and to arise. If any one of those has resonated with you, I just would like you to put your hand up and say, God, that's me. There's some stuff there that I need to happen in my life. I'd love to pray with you. I know that there's hands going up. Heavenly Father, you know exactly what every person needs. You you know exactly what every person needs. And Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I release it to them in your wonderful name. Release courage. Release faith for the breakthrough. Release courage to step out. Release, Lord God, the courage to declare your word. Release courage, Lord God, to replace what the fear has stolen. Release, God, the the, the ability to see spiritually the reasons why something needs to happen and to do that, to walk in that. Father, the courage for the breakthrough. Fear to go in Jesus' name. Fear to go in Jesus' name. Doubt to go in Jesus' name. We're not going to vacillate any longer between what God says and between what our feelings or doubt says. We are going to to come down on the side of faith and what God says every time. There's not going to be a battle anymore between doubt and faith in my heart because I'm choosing to do and say and speak up and reach out and step out every time you say to me to do something, Lord God. I thank you for doing that in the wonderful, wonderful Name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Just while we're all standing, I'm going to ask Liz to come out. I'm also going to ask all of our wonderful people that went through the waters of baptism to pop up on the stage right now. We're going to present them with a certificate of baptism. Come up, guys. That's it. And to pass this test, you must walk on the... No, just kidding. (laughs) Go for it. I'm going to let Liz do this. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I'll go up here from now. All right. Well, we couldn't actually let you guys... Is everybody here? Are you just hiding? Okay. We wanted to make sure that you actually took something home with you to remember. I doubt you're going to forget in a hurry. But remember what today has done for you in your walk with God. So I'm actually going to ask William, my son, to come up here because he had a bit of a whisper in my ear earlier. And he also wants to say something to you guys because he's felt that God's been speaking to him about you as well. So, will I do this first? Okay, I did say. All right, how about you hold these? We'll do this together. We haven't practiced this. <laughs> All right. So, first up we have, maybe I'll go down here. Oh, sorry, Mr. Cameraman. We've got Grace. Everybody can clap. All right. 
Samantha. Oh, Grace, come back, darling. I need to give you a cuddle. Stay here. Okay, next one's Josiah. I'll shake your hand. <laughs> there you go, love. And Will? I'll shake your hand. There you go. Awesome. And Zach? Awesome. Hang on. Don't go anywhere. And Mel? Yay! I'll give you a big hug, my darling. Bless you, darling. Thank you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. I'm going to come over here. William's going to say something to you guys now. Just as we were uh, out in the youth hall earlier with Pastor Gary and the family and the kids out there, I just got a vision from God um, as Pastor Gary got us to actually walk around in a circle to stir the water. The vision that God gave me was uh, the column of wind and the pillar of fire as Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, And the vision that I got was that the presence of God actually led them through a wilderness. Um, And as continued to speak in tongues and the vision became clearer and clearer. It was actually your guys' faces um, that was in the vision that were being led. Um, And in that, the presence of God was actually leading you through the world, through the wilderness. Um, As you've gone into the water and the presence of God came upon you, I just pray that as you continue, that the presence of God would continue through from now and forever to continue to lead you throughout the world and in your day-to-day life. Um, I just ask that you'd outreach your hands to these guys, please. Um, Father God, I just pray for these amazing people. Lord, I thank you that this decision to follow you, Jesus, more intimately, Lord, I I pray blessings and favour over them. Lord, I thank you that you not only lead us, but you also stand beside us, Jesus. Lord, that you lead us by your right hand. Father, I thank you that this presence, your presence, God, has descended upon them, Jesus. Lord, I thank you just like your son, that your presence has come down upon them. Lord, I thank you that they will not walk a day in their lives without you, Jesus. Lord, that your love and your mercy comes upon them, Lord. I thank you for your protection and covering over these amazing people, Lord. In your mighty, precious name, Jesus. Amen.